Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we've begun a new series on the importance of becoming regular readers of the Bible. This topic doesn't sound very helpful or interesting to a lot of Christians because the Bible is a struggle for many of us, if we're honest about it. And I'm, I want to take several weeks here to give you some really helpful information about how to read the Bible and what the Bible will do for you. One of the reasons we struggle with it, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is we have false expectations about what the Bible will do for us because we don't have, we don't understand its purpose. And so we get disappointed and discouraged easily. I'm getting way ahead of myself here. This, this topic doesn't seem as exciting as talking about the authority of the believer or, uh, you know, how to walk in health or how to renew your mind. I understand that. But this is one of the most important series that you can, you can be exposed to. I, I absolutely firmly believe that. Now, we're, we're kind of laying some groundwork here. Uh, I'm giving you just this week some basic explanations of what the Bible is, its purpose to help you understand why we're even reading it. The Bible is, a, it, the word Bible actually comes from a word that means books. It's a collection of 66 books and letters or epistles that all together tell the story of God's desire for a family and the links to which he has gone to obtain that family through Jesus. And every book and every letter adds to or advances the story of redemption. It's 50% history, 25% prophecy, and 25% instruction for living. This written record of God's plan of redemption is divided into two major sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is made up of 39 books. The bulk of it is history from Genesis chapter 12 to Esther chapter 10. It records the history of the people group through whom Jesus came into this world, the descendants of Abraham or Israel, the Hebrews, the Jews. They go by a number of names. It is redemptive history. It doesn't list everything that happened to everybody. It's not like a U.S. history textbook. Um, it lists events and people that relate to the unfolding plan of redemption. That's why you don't see anything in the Bible about America. I know some people say America's in the Bible, but it's not. Um, that's why you don't see anything about Mexico or China or uh, you know, the countries in Africa or Australia, you don't see that because it's, it just, the events of God's plan of redemption unfolded in the land that we know as the Middle East, centered around modern day Israel. Now, in the Old Testament, after you get done with the historic, uh, the historic books, the historical books, you have the poetry books. That would be Job through the Song of Solomon. And then after that come the books of the prophets, Isaiah through Malachi. Well, they were all written during the history periods that are covered in the history section. 
the Old Testament was actually finished 400 years before Jesus came to earth and was born in Bethlehem. Now, the New Testament consists of 27 writings. All of them were written by eyewitnesses of Jesus' ministry, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, or else by a close associate of an eyewitness. I don't know if you realize that or not, but the New Testament is, it qualifies as eyewitness testimony of the ministry, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. First, we have the four Gospels. They are selective biographies of Jesus' life, ending with his death and resurrection. Uh, it, 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 well, I'll save that for another time. Acts, the book of Acts is next. It's a record of the apostles as they went out to preach Jesus and the resurrection. Then we come to the epistles, or the letters, that were written to those who became Christians through the ministries of the apostles. And the epistles deal with what we believe and how we're supposed to live. And then finally, we've got the book of Revelation, which is a vision given to the Apostle John of events in heaven and on earth in the last few years leading to Jesus' return to this earth to establish the visible kingdom of God on this earth. The Bible actually ends, the last two chapters of Revelation, ends with the completion of God's plan of redemption his plan to deliver mankind and the earth from sin, corruption, and death, and to bring his home here to live with his family forever on earth. See, it all fits. I mean, in just five minutes there, I can go from Genesis to Revelation and show you how it all fits in, fits under the umbrella of God's plan of redemption. We could go into great detail, and we'll go into some more detail as we work through this. In fact, I'm getting ready to write a book about all this. Praise the Lord. Um, the Bible is not a mystical book. By that I mean, you know, it's not like a book of spells and magic and formulas. and or it, it, And it's not a book that's beyond comprehension that nobody can understand because it is a spiritual book. It is a spiritual book, but God didn't write it so we couldn't understand it. Uh, he gave us a record of real people and real events, and it records his interaction with real people as he worked out his plan to have a family. See, that's what redemption is all about, God's plan to deliver mankind and the earth from bondage to sin, corruption, and death so he can have men and women as sons and daughters, and he can establish his visible kingdom here on earth the earth made new, and live with us forever. The Bible is a real record of real people who really lived, and it records God's interaction with real people whom you will meet someday in heaven as he worked out his plan to have a family. It tells of real people in real events. I don't know if you realize this or not, because see, sometimes the Bible has like a fairy tale quality a, son, a book of Sunday school stories, but it's a history book. I used to teach high school history, and I taught world history for a time, and I used to always get out the Old Testament and read from it. It used to drive the kids crazy because the last few years I was teaching school, it, things really began to change in the culture, and kids thought, you can't have a Bible in school. You can't have, well, I, yes, I could, because it's a history. It's the history of the Jewish people, a prominent people group in the Middle East. 
But my point is, it is a record of real people who really lived, and there are corroborating historical records outside of the Bible that people in the Bible, you can find them mentioned in secular history. Archaeology. You know what archaeology is. It's digging up old stuff in the ground and learning about people who lived in the past. Archaeology continues to confirm the Bible record. When I taught world history, there was a section early in the book on a group called the Hittites who lived in what is today Turkey. They they built a great empire. Well, here's the deal. Um, That civilization was unknown until archaeologists discovered it in the late 1800s. Nobody knew about the Hittites, um, except for Almighty God, who wrote about him in his book. People before the Hittite civilization was discovered through archaeological expeditions 150 years ago, scoffers used to make fun of the Old Testament because the Old Testament talks about the Hittites. Scoffers would say, there's no such thing. See, it's a made-up book. There aren't any Hittites. Well, actually, there were, and they were a major civilization in the ancient world. It's just that no archaeological records had been discovered because their civilization had been buried. But once it was discovered, what the Bible said was corroborated by outside sources, and the Hittites got their own section in world history books. See, it's it's a real book. It's a real book about real people. Now, here's something else you need to understand. Everything in the Bible was spoken or written by someone to someone about something. Everything in the Bible was written by somebody to somebody about something. Those three facts set the context. You figure out who wrote it, who they were writing to, and why they were writing, and that gives you context. Bible passages can't mean something to you and me that they would not have meant to the people to whom they were first written. That doesn't mean you can't get your own personal direction from God from the pages of Scripture. You can, but you can't stand up and teach it as doctrine. And the Bible can't say something completely different to us than it would have said to the people to whom it was first written because a real person wrote it to other real people for a specific purpose under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Here's something else you need to know. The Bible is not a collection of independent, unrelated verses. Just just because you got a verse, that does not mean a thing. Every cult that claims to be Christian has verses. You can take verses completely out of context and make them say anything. People do it all the time. That People don't understand the Bible is not a collection of verses. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the chapter divisions and the verse divisions that we see, they were added centuries after the Bible was completed. They were added in the Middle Ages, like about a thousand years after the Bible was completed. And they were put in there for reference purposes. So if you take one verse out of a passage, that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking a statement out of its context and you can make it, you can end up misunderstanding it completely. Here's something else you need to know. People tend to think of scriptures in terms of what does it mean to me? I've had people say that to me. They'll quote me a verse and say, well, this is just what it means to me. Well, actually, it doesn't matter what it means to you. What matters is what does it say? 
What was the person who wrote the words trying to say? See, if you brought me a medical textbook and read me a sentence out of the medical textbook and said to me, well, this is just what this this sentence means to me, um, I would say, you know what? I don't think I want you to be my doctor. You don't understand this book was not written just to pull random sentences out of. But yet, that's how we approach the Bible. We pull random verses out. Now, people do it unknowingly, but you have to get the context. Who wrote it? Who were they writing to? And why were they writing? Now, you might say, well, how do you figure that out? Well, number one, you you need to know that you're supposed to be looking for those kinds of things. And if you're looking for them, a lot of times it tells you right there in the passage if you read more than just one or two verses. Well, we're out of time. We'll pick it up here tomorrow. Amen. You've been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619. 19.